Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> Wherever you are on the planet, thank you for joining with us in this Sunday service. And I think we're all getting uh, especially good now at feeling each other's company, even at close and far distances. And it can really be felt. So when I say thank you for joining us, I, I really mean that wherever you are. I am Naya Swami Maria, and uh, this is Naya Swami Ananta, and uh, it's our joy to be with you here today. I'm going to read from Rays of the One Light, and uh, these are written by Swami Kriyananda, parallel passages from the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And this morning's reading is week 26, and this is the redeeming light. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The book of Isaiah in the Bible, chapter 9, tells us, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. What is this light of which so many scriptures speak? In Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, we read of an early experience the Master had with that light. I was blessed at about the age of eight with a wonderful healing through the photograph of Lahiri Mahashai. This experience gave intensification to my divine love. While at our family state in Ikapur, Bengal, I was stricken with Asiatic cholera. My life was despaired of. The doctors could do nothing. At my bedside, mother, frantically motioned me to look at Lahiri Mahashaya's picture on the wall above my head. Bow to him mentally. She knew I was too feeble even to lift my hands in salutation. If you really show your devotion and inwardly kneel before him, your life will be spared. I gazed at this, his photograph and saw there a blinding light enveloping my body and the entire room. My nausea and other uncontrollable symptoms disappeared. I was well. At once I felt strong enough to bend over and touch mother's feet in appreciation of her immeasurable faith in her guru. Mother Pass pressed her head repeatedly against the little picture. O omnipresent Master, I thank thee that thy light hath healed my son. 
I realized that she too had witnessed that light, the luminous blaze through which I had instantly recovered from a usually fatal disease. Where my light is, God once told a saint whom the divine light had healed, no darkness can dwell. The divine light, pure, calm, liberating, is the only final cure for every kind of delusion, ill health, emotional grief, and spiritual ignorance. Seek it daily in the silence, in deep meditation. As the Bhagavad Gita says in the fifth chapter, for whom that darkness of the soul is chased by light, splendid and clear shines manifest the truth, as if a sun of wisdom sprang to shed its beams of light. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, oh. I would also like to welcome all of you. I'd like to thank the singers for their version of that song. And I would like to read a passage from Whispers from Eternity by Paramahansa Yogananda. This is the demand for seeing the one fire beneath all soul flames. O eternal fire, thou art the little soul flames rising through the burner of cosmic manifestation. Each human being is but one flame, separate seeming from all others, and also from thy universal source of power. Thou dost appear many, finite, limited, small or large, but ever divided, shooting up as separate entities through the pores of living organisms. But thou alone art that one eternal flame. All things other are but thy multifarious appearances. We, our topic is uh, the redeeming light. I want to uh, expand that concept in that God is light, all light, but God manifests through this universe as all the aspects of God. So indeed, all light comes from God, all power comes from God, all wisdom, all love, all joy, all calmness, all peace. And I'd like to talk about two aspects of this today. Uh, the first is in formal meditation. When we seek to meditate, to hold our minds on some aspect of the divine, we 
close our eyes, to cut out the duality, to escape from the duality. The duality goes with us into our meditation, as you may have noticed, but we at least try. And what we want to do is to focus on a certain spectrum of the consciousness around us, of the world around us. We talk about the visible spectrum, the part that our eye organs can perceive. But spiritually, the reality of God's light is always in the spectrum, but we're not tuned into it. And what we want to do to become self-realized, what we want to do to be saints, is to behave like saints. And what saints do is they see the light and they focus their attention and their consciousness and their awareness on the light. And they disregard everything but the light. So when you're with uh, Swami Kriyananda or Paramahansa Yogananda or the Buddha, you notice that they're constantly drawing inspiration from what they see and what they feel. They're constantly looking at the positive qualities of human motivation behind the manifestations of human behavior. Swamiji was always uh, say yes to life. He was always looking at the highest level of human behavior. And when he talked about meditation, he talked about focusing on the center of whatever light we see, focusing on the divine qualities, and lifting our awareness from the day-to-day milieu, which is ego-centered. How does this affect me? I don't like that. How could she say that? On and on and on. And focusing on the abiding reality of the redeeming light. The light of God is always present. It's animating this universe on the two-dimensional plane, but it's constantly shining in our soul, in our consciousness. Meditation is the effort to withdraw our awareness from all the lower levels of consciousness and focus on, at the point between the eyebrows, on the Christ center, on the highest manifestation of consciousness within us. Now, we don't always see the light when we close our eyes, but we always perceive something. And what Swamiji encouraged us to do is to focus on the highest octave of what we see. Try to, that's why we need to relax. The tension of the body holds us to our body and how we feel about that and our emotions and our ego reactions. And the light of God is still. It's stillness. Uh, we, when we begin a meditation, if you're on the path of Kriya Yoga, we begin by tensing and relaxing and by, we usually begin by practicing the Hong Sa technique. I am spirit, bringing our consciousness up to what am I? I'm spirit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not vexed. I'm not upset. I'm not reacting to what happened at work today. Because there's a calm place 
It's totally still. There's a wonderful saying, where motion ceases, God begins. So in our meditation, if we can stop the motion of jabbering, remembering, planning, going all, all these different places, and just relax and be still and know that I am God, as the Bible says. We can penetrate that light and perceive it. And in communion with that light, we realize that it is always present. That's that episode when Master attained Samadhi and he was talking to Shri Teshwar and Master said, when will I have God? And Shri Teshwar said, you have him already. So what Master was doing was creating in his mind, for our benefit, the idea that God is going to be Krishna or Rama or the Divine Mother or some form of Kali or there's something that's going to be a form to hold the infinite. It doesn't really work. Relax in your meditation and perceive that the light is there, Hong Saw. Then do your Kriyas if you're a Kriya Bon. If you're a Buddhist, do your uh, mantra, do your practice, whatever your path. There's one redeeming light. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. So relax into that light. The second thing we want to do is in the outer world is to perceive that the redeeming light is creating everything. Everything in the world is seated by the light. Yogananda used to go to a movie theater and they have a projector and there's a light shining from the bulb in the projector. And then a movie, and I don't th- I think they do it this way anymore, but there's, there's reels of pictures that make a movie. Those pictures, those images of shade and light, light and shade, vanish the veils of light and shade, those images animate the duality. And the, but it's the light that animates it. If there isn't any light, you wouldn't see the duality. It would just be dark film. So you wouldn't see evil. You wouldn't see greed. You wouldn't see lust. Because behind that is the love of God and the beauty of God. And so our job as disciples, as truth seekers, is to filter out from our consciousness the lower manifestations of the beautiful one light of God. And this takes some training because we're habituated to judging things, to cynicism, to reacting from our ego. And what the saints do, what we saw Kriyananda do, was to look at the light that's shining through all the activities of human beings, business decisions, and new startups, and new ideas for products and for making money. All this is really a manifestation of the impulse to provide fulfillment, to nourish, to make the world a better place. 
there is this ego-centered idea which grabs and tries to take a hold of that. But the reality of it is, is that everyone in the world is trying to express the divine. And we need to train ourselves to look for that. Our enemies are cynicism, skepticism, uh, greed, taking a small little circle around it. But the redeeming light is expansive. It's infinite. So we need to train ourselves to look at the jobs that we have, at the, process, at the world that we are living in, our pandemic world. And we need to look at the wonderful effort by these doctors and scientists busily trying to figure out what is coronavirus? How does it affect the body? Why are certain blood types affected by it more? They're in their laboratories. They're feverishly working. They're dissecting. They're doing their double-blind studies. But they're not doing it really for selfishly. They're really doing it to try to bring wisdom. All efforts to increase knowledge, communication, are efforts to share wisdom. That's the way that saints look at it. And we have to look at it that way. Because what we want to do is we want to blend our day-to-day, everyday, working world relationships with divine consciousness. We want to smooth it out so that we are in meditation, we're concentrating on the light, and we go to work, and we're concentrating on the light, only now it's moving. And now it's uh, a, a business. Now it's a protocol. Now it's a farm. Now it's a whatever it is that you do. You need to, we need to all have an understanding that what we do for work is somehow spreading the light and sharing the light. We need to understand that our company, as seemingly small and inconsequential as it is, is actually helping to bring about the divine manifestation. I think it's astounding that Babaji stays on this planet. <laughs> I mean, Krishna Babaji is on this planet and he promised Mataji that he'd stay here? That's astounding. It says in the autobiography that Christ and Babaji have a plan for the salvation of the world and they're watching out for it. Now, I've checked the internet and there's very little reporting of that fact. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of other things on the internet and very few references to Babaji and Christ having a plan for salvation. Again, we need to focus our spectrum of the visible light on the higher truths that underpin all this. We know stories of Babaji putting into Hitler's mind the idea of attacking on the Eastern and Western Front at the same time. If you're a military historian, it's an astounding oversight by Hitler. Yay! <laughs> but it's an oversight put into his mind by Babaji. We need to focus on the level of reality where the redeeming light is causing everything to happen. It's causing your company to have these challenges. It's causing you to have these personal relationships that are challenging, that are difficult. It's, it's affecting your family members that have health challenges because under, underlying everything in the world, and I do mean everything, is the redeeming light. 
Sometimes it's shining in complete juxtaposition against goodness, and it's showing as evil. I was with Kriyananda on a few days after 9-11, and he referred to that episode where people, I guess, do I have to explain what 9-11 is to the younger people? (laughs) Maybe. Some people flew planes into the Twin Towers in New York City and in the Pentagon, and uh, there was a tremendous loss of life. But Kriyananda mentioned, we're looking at an incarnation of evil. And what does that show us? An incarnation of good. It, It shows us the firefighters rushing to put out the fires and trying to save their lives and losing their life in the process and all that that happened. And... That is the view that Master and the Buddha and the saints have of the world. They see everything from the big picture of divine light and love and kindness and beauty shining. This uh, reading from whispers, little soul flames, beautiful little soul flames. Uh, I live at Ananda Village and I've lived at Ananda communities for pushing on 50 years now. And so all of my close friends and all of my co-workers are shining lights of beauty, but expand that to every human being. 7.2 billion Buddhas on this planet right now. And look for the beauty and the love and the kindness that each one of them has. Admittedly, Maya is in the mix, and people are doing very odd, unusual things in order to express their love, support their family, all these things. But don't pay attention to the lower octaves. Pay attention solely to the redeeming light. Look for the beauty. Look for the kindness. It's kind of funny sometimes when you really step back that people do what they do, But if you're in your center and you can feel from them, there's a little spark of divine love that's motivating them to reopen their casino, (laughs) reopen their bar, whatever it is. Don't judge the outer manifestations. Accept that this world, can you hear the om? I can hear it. (laughs) Accept that Maya is in the mix that the divine light is shining through the maya, the duality. And so naturally the manifestations are going to be tainted by maya, but remember what they're motivated by. They're motivated by divine love. Every animal, every bird, every flower, everything, every breeze, it's motivated by the love of God, by the redeeming light, by peace. Keep that as your focus. Don't get into the judging of it or the debating of which or of another policy is best. If that's your job, do your job, but do it not attached. But realize that the soul flames are all emerging from the light of God. See every human being as an avatar, an incarnation of God. Look for beauty and you'll find it. And the masters find it everywhere. Silver light and golden light, that's what master saw. 
in the disciples, in all human being. He one time turned to one of the disciples and said, people are so skillful in their ignorance. It's guiana, it's wisdom, and it's twisted, and it really looks funny. But underneath it is wisdom and divine love and kindness. Look for it and you'll live in it. Meditate on it. And then in this practice that Swami gave us in the affirmation today, non-attachment, just throw it all away, all the forms. Let go of the forms. You don't even need the light to have a form. The light can just be, as Master said, a subtle, soothing light. It cannot be for, with form, or it can be with form, or it can be Kali, or it can be Durga, or, or it can be whoever. But concentrate on that light. Look for that light. Have faith that light is behind the events of us, of our lives, in every way. And you will find that that redeeming light is the only power in the universe, and that love is the only power. What we need is light. God bless you all. Lord, may we serve you all our days, ever rejoice to sing your praise, as we together your wisdom seek. Charge us with truth whene'er we speak. Lord, may we ever know your will. Come to us when our hearts are still. As we your guidance with joy receive, may we as one your bliss achieve. As we your guidance with joy receive, may we as one your bliss achieve.